You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Both Lockett and Metcalf. Top of your screen. Geno Smith goes the other way for the end zone touchdown. Seahawks, it's Will Disley, his third touchdown catch of the year. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Tuesday, presented as always by BetMGM. And we got a lot of football to talk about today. We'll get to a futures discussion coming up in a little bit. Some baseball, college football, big day here on the show. Right now, joined by one of our favorite guests, Eric Eager, formerly of Pro Football Focus, now the VP of Research and Development at Sumer Sports. Eric, welcome back to the show. Before we talk about football and if the Lions can restore the roar before this season ends, tell us what you're doing now. Uh, I know you shared the, uh, the post from the Wall Street Journal about where you're going and what you're doing at Sumer Sports. So tell our audience a little bit about uh, your next endeavor. Yeah, well, th- thank you, and and uh, yeah, I uh, am working on uh, roster optimization, and uh, you know, basically just you know, kind of kind of trying to do what we did at PFF, but do it, um, you know, in a in a different setting at Sumer Sports, and you know, running a team uh, of great uh, data scientists working on you know salary cap stuff, draft stuff. Um, you're really excited uh, for for this next endeavor, but. Uh, I, I will never, I, I will never stop going on gambling shows. They're my favorite. <laughs> well, did you, you uh, lose verification when you had to change your Twitter handle? I honestly, and, and look, if anybody from Twitter's listening to the show, <laughs> I yeah. I applied for verification a number of times. I, w- I was not considered notable. That is fine. Wow. I like kind of being on the countercultural aspect of it. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, me not being verified is not for a lack of trying. I will say, um, but I will try. Maybe, maybe dropping the the Wall Street Journal article with my name in it, it will be enough of a flex for the Twitter <laughs> folks uh, to, okay. to finally verify me. But so far, I have not. Wow, that that's uh, that's surprising. All right, let let's get to uh, the numbers thus far this season after a month, and I and I'd say I started hearing a lot of people. Uh, reference uh, season statistics, I'd say, after a few weeks. Uh, Want to get your thoughts after a full month sample um, when people reference EPA, you know, all sorts of the, the great numbers that you came up with and worked on in your time at PFF, and, and I'm sure you're still following. What's a good sample? Um, a- after four weeks, do you take a look at it and say, okay, these are what the numbers are telling us. Yeah, but the schedule here, schedule there. It's been tough. It's been an easy road thus far. Things are going to change. Is it fair to start referencing numbers on a regular basis at this point? I, I think it is, actually. I mean, I think the, the hard part is that football is, is a low sample game, right? So, you know, 17 weeks. If you're, if you're you know, like I, I think of this game Sunday night against the Bengals, you know, the Bengals versus the, the Ravens. And I'm thinking I was talking to my boss yesterday. I was like, that's a good two and two team against a bad two and two team. And it's like the records kind of don't matter at this point, right? Like they you know, are Detroit lions are one and three, but they lead the league in scoring, you know, like there's, there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad. The record is kind of the record. And 
you know, those kind of things I wouldn't reference, right? The fact that, you know, um, you know, the, the fact that Chiefs are three and one, that's awesome. I don't think that there's really anything different between whether they would be three and one, four and oh, or two and two. Honestly, it's, that is all like too small a sample, but at the play level, you can certainly, I mean, you know, if an offense is running, you know, 60, 70 plays a game and they're, they're playing four games, you have well over 250 plays at this point. Like you can talk about a team, how good they are running the ball, how good they are passing the ball. Um, you know, opponent adjustments, certainly a thing, but luckily this year in the NFL, everybody kind of sucks except for like the Eagles and the Bills and the Chiefs. So, um, you know, even that where you say, oh, they've had an easy schedule. It's like everybody's had an easy schedule if you think about it. Um, so I, I, I don't mind looking it through now. Um, you know, a lot of sports betters and, and myself included, they cling to their priors for a long time. So, you know, they're going to be, you know, like, for example, you look at the Saints, uh, the Saints game against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are installed as six-point underdog. That is not the spread that would be bestowed upon this game if all you knew about the universe was the first four games of the year. Eric, as we enter this fifth week in the NFL season, I know you mentioned the Eagles, um, Bills, and Chiefs. Who do you think is going to emerge as that second-best team in the NFC? <laughs> question. I, I think, um, <laughs> you know, last night we did see a 49ers team that when they know, you know, when they know what to expect out of their quarterback, they can kind of work around him. Um, that, that one, you know, to me, I think that the Niners are certainly a team that can be, you know, that can, that can battle. They are going to, they're going to lose random games because Jimmy G can't play, uh, you know, not can't play, but like we'll throw interceptions to the free safety and stuff. So like, they're not going to be consistent. The one team to take, you know, to keep your eye on, and this is because, you know, they're, get, they're getting players back from injury. They also have the easiest schedule in the NFL per PFS. Uh, you know, ELO metric, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? So the Bucs have already gone through Dallas, a playoff team, uh, you know, the Saints who had a winning record last year, um, you know, Kansas City, uh, you know, so they, they've already gone through you know, Green Bay, the one seed last year. They've already gone through the hardest part of their schedule. They're two and two. They, they showed a little life on offense last week. Their defense was fantastic the first three weeks. Like, I think Tampa Bay is probably going to be um, you know, contending for the one seed. But to me, the answer has to be, you know, Tampa Bay because their schedule. San Francisco has the sixth easiest schedule as well. Uh, Minnesota has the, the fifth, but they're not playing well. They have a three and one record, but not playing terribly well. But like those are the three teams in the NFC that when you come up for air at the end of the year are probably going to be the ones that have the best record. And among those teams, I think Tampa Bay has the best chance to be the best team. Eric, we just spoke about teams and statistics and, and how long into a season until you start feeling good about what you're seeing and kind of reference those numbers and, and what we're talking about. Well, how about with quarterbacks? Because I saw you tweeting last night about Geno Smith, and you referenced that once in a while this happens, where a quarterback kind of gets lost in the league, they're a backup, and then boom, they're back as a starter and they produce. Rich Gannon might be the, the biz, biggest example. I mean, some of the numbers right now say Geno Smith's the best quarterback in the league through four weeks. Are you believing what we're seeing and what the numbers tell us about Geno? Is he good now? Or how long do you have to wait to feel like, man, maybe he's a different quarterback now? Yeah, I mean, he played wonderfully against the Lions. The Lions have also given up the most points in the history of the league through four weeks. So, you know, that, that'll, that'll do it. But, you know, the difference between him and, and Russell Wilson in Seattle is that Geno runs the offense. And Russell Wilson kind of did his own thing. And, and so, 
you know, in that regard, they have great wide receivers in Lockett and Metcalf. Uh, offensive line, you know, with Cross and Lucas have played wonderful football as rookies. So there's, the ingredients are there, right? And I think that's the thing, like, when you look at, you know, early season stats, can you come up with an explanation for why it's happening? And, you know, with the Seattle Seahawks, you absolutely can. You know, they, they have the goods there, the, the offensive coordinator, you know, former McVeigh disciple ha- has run the good plays. So let's just say, and Rashad Penny and, and Kenneth Walker are good running backs. So they should be good. Um, uh, you know, it also is helpful for Geno Smith that no one really is playing well at the quarterback position other than Jalen Hurts. And, you know, Mahomes, uh, you know, every other game is playing wonderful football. So I think that, you know, that helps him as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll put it at like a coin flip that he continues this way. Um, does that mean he's a long-term answer for Seattle? I don't know. I don't think so. But at least for this season in an NFL where kind of everybody's a little down, like it's a, it's a good, it's a good story. So now your main gig is uh, studying uh, roster composition. And I, I've been thinking about this lately and uh, I, I'm glad that you're on because I saw your, your retweet the other day from a bears beat writer. And that's just a taste of what I'm dealing with on a local level here, Eric. And what I'm referencing is the, the comparison of Justin Fields at this point in his career versus Josh Allen. And, and I've told uh, Joe and Aaron about this, that, I think there are going to be a lot of teams that make some crucial mistakes, that hold on to some quarterbacks that they should not be holding on to, that refuse to to make the move to find the next guy or at least take a shot on another guy because they're going to rely on the ultimate outlier in Josh Allen, say maybe he's that. Or I, I'm seeing it now it, already with the way Fields has started poorly, at least here, is, okay, maybe he's not Josh Allen, but... Well, now let's start comparing him to Hertz. Now Hertz is the comp because he's suddenly an MVP candidate. Do you find that? Are you are you thinking with some of these, these the way that things have gone? I mean, I wouldn't surprise me if people bring up Geno Smith. Like, oh, you can be kind of a journeyman and then all of a sudden break out for a month. Um, are you thinking that teams are going to make some crucial mistakes with with these uh, outlier comps? Yeah, I mean, I think that the problem is is they already do, right? Like, they already make yeah. – I think teams hold on to quarterback dreams far too long. Um, and not to say that you should discard some of these players. I think Geno Smith is a great example of, like, the guy should just go be a backup somewhere. You know, uh, Mitch Trubisky, the guy should just go be – I hate to gro- run through the Rolodex of Bears quarterbacks. Mitch Trubisky should be a backup somewhere. Um, you know, Rex Grossman went and was a backup, but he was a fine backup in the NFL for years after he flamed out in Chicago. Like – the 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 thing about the new CBA is that it's incredibly inexpensive to go back into the draft and take a quarterback, right? When, you know, Sam Bradford made $50 million guaranteed on his first contract when he, Eric Berry that same year, was the highest paid safety in the history of the NFL the moment he was drafted. Like, they, they institute the rookie wage skill a year later, and Cam Newton's hardly making any money. He takes a Panthers team, turns him around, goes to the Super Bowl before he starts making that money. You know, every single Super Bowl, except for the Matt Ryan, Tom Brady Super Bowl since 2012, has included a quarterback who was on their rookie deal money at the time. So that, you know, it just bestows such an edge. And I think the, the hard part for the Bears is that they have a quarterback who is talented on rookie money, but they were so mismanaged in the Ryan Pace era that they couldn't, the roster's terrible around him. Like, and, you know, I want to, you know, I, 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 it makes sense for me to be like, oh, oh I'm out on fields. He's terrible. And it's like, well, they haven't really given him that opportunity to like show with, with good 
support what he can do, and it sort of muddies the waters, but it also delays the inevitable. The Bears have the most cap room in the NFL next year, and they're going to go into it with, with a quarterback they know nothing about at best, or they think stinks at worst, right? So that, that's the really hard thing. You know, you look at and the Jets are by no means a paradigm of what to do in the NFL, but at least the Jets went out and got Corey Davis. They got, uh, they got Elijah Moore. Uh, they got Garrett Wilson. They got an offensive line. And at least, like, they're going to know if Zach Wilson sucks. And just like with Sam Darnold, like, if he stinks after two, three years, you just go right back into the draft. You take a guy high. You pay him hardly anything. And it's a cheap, it's an inexpensive failure. And I think, unfortunately for the Bears, like, they're, because of where Pace left them and where Poles kind of wanted to take the thing, it was kind of hard. For, it's going to be hard for them to evaluate fields, and it's going to delay the inevitable for them. Yep. Wow, that's a great point. Um, speaking of the Jets, uh, Dolphins at Jets this week, we know Tua has been ruled out. How much of a downgrade is there from Tua to Teddy? I don't think it's that big, to be honest with you. Like, I, I it may be a point or two. I mean, Bridgewater is a very good backup quarterback. We saw spurts of it. You know, he's certainly limited with arm strength, but so is Tua. Uh, mobility is about the same. Um, you know, you just have I, – I think Teddy's maybe a little bit behind in terms of, like, with the knee injury and the – you know, just, like, his processing and stuff. But, you know, when I look at this game, you know, I, I, I like the Jets in the game just because I would have liked the Jets if Tua was the quarterback. But, um, you know, I, I don't like – I don't super like the Jets now, you know, by five more percent just because, uh, you, know, t- you know, Teddy's in there. Teddy's a, a player. He was 7-7 seven and seven last year for a, a Broncos team that's going to struggle to be 500 this year. Uh, you know, he was good, you know, covered the spread a lot in Carolina. It was great against the spread of Minnesota. So, um, you know, I don't think it's that big of a downgrade, but I still would like the Jets in this game. Eric Eager, Sumer Sports, joining us here, uh, talking NFL as we head towards week five. Eric, uh, Thursday night, quickly, we have the Broncos and the Colts. Both these teams seem so disjointed right now. Javante Williams now out for the Broncos. They lose on Sunday to the Raiders, and this Colts team just can't get out of its own way. What's your thought on this game as we head to a short week? Colts three-and-a-half-point underdogs on Thursday night in Denver. Yeah, all of my Javante Williams season-long props mm. uh, dead, uh, unfortunately, uh, with that with that injury. Um, like I'll take the Colts here. I think the Colts, this is another one where going into the season you have priors and a lot of sharp betters. You know, a lot of betters like, you know, you guys and, and folks that come on your network, they all like the Colts this preseason, right? And, and yep. you know, I, I, I've, I went to the Colts-Chiefs game. I can, I can assure you that Matt Ryan has very little left. Um, but this team has a pretty good defense. They're pretty good, you know, both sides of the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and the biggest part for me is that Denver just is not in sync offensively. Their best guy at getting open can't catch, and their best guy at catching can't get open. And, and their quarterback can't throw to the middle of the field. And so, like, I just have a hard time, you know, betting on a team to cover more than a field goal when they can't move the ball on offense. And that, you know, that's basically what Denver is. Now, Indianapolis, you're probably not going to have Jonathan Taylor. That might help them, actually, because Taylor hasn't been good so far, and they've run the ball way too much. And so I think what you're going to get is a little bit of an opening up with, with Matt Ryan. I think you're going to get Pittman and, and folks like that. Uh, and Denver without Randy Gregory, who's injured in the last game, that's going to help a Colts offensive line at left tackle. They're great everywhere but left tackle. It's going to help them at left tackle now uh, with Randy Gregory out. Great stuff. Eric, we always appreciate you hopping on. Uh, good luck to the new Endeavor at Sumer Sports. We'll be rooting for you. 
and we'll talk soon. Eric Eager there on the guest line. lot to do on the show. NFL Futures next hour. Some more great guests to come, including Jason Scott, VP of Trading at BetMGM, about an hour from now. we got to dive into some baseball next. The 12 playoff teams are set. Futures, what win totals are up for grabs these last couple days. We'll hit that next on the BetQL Network.